Wait, so what? I thought I was giving you what you wanted, but I guess it wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, like compliment wise? Yeah, to like feed feed your jar. Feed my cup. Feed your jar. Yeah. It's not a cup, it's a, it's a jar. <laughs> you definitely were It's a large mason jar. Yeah. I don't know. I thought I I thought I was doing a decent job. When I don't know what you told me. 20 minutes ago. Oh. <laughs> I thought you've been like incredible making these calls. Yeah. Like that one call yesterday just like out of the blue. On what? Uh, I don't remember what it was called. Oh, JetBlue. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, like that was great. You know what the weird thing was was that that trade's been sitting in the back of my head. I've been sitting on that trade for about two weeks. I've I've like wanted to trade it. Oh, uh, okay. For two weeks. Yeah. And then yesterday morning, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna put it out there that it's time. It's time. It's ready. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know what? Maybe by coincidence, maybe not by coincidence, then Carl Khan files a massive holding in, in JetBlue after hours. Coincidence? Yeah, that's crazy. And then it jumps 20% after hours. Yeah. And you're like, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> Cashed out 100%. Yep. 100% return on it. That's crazy. Yeah. On a one-day trade, that's insane. Mm-hmm. On a one-day setup into a trade, yeah. Yeah, it was just a few hours. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. Then just cut it off the open and what about my day? Mm-hmm. I'm on. I'm on fire right now, which is great. You are. You are like. And then I'm gonna pack. I'm gonna pack up the fucking shop soon and. And uh, GG out. No, you're not. What do you You've mean? literally said that the past <laughs> three podcasts. You're not. I'm like, I'm getting tired. Yeah. I need a Getting tired of making money. I'm getting tired of making all this money. I don't know if my hands can hold all these bands. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> Which, um... Good morning. This isn't where I wanted to take the podcast, by the way. I was I was thinking about starting it off with a nice, like, romantic thing. Oh. Because it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, now I don't even remember. You know what? So I, you know what? Roses are red, violets are blue. I have more money than you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? No, but I, I, I'll tweet that in the morning. <laughs> Because that, be- that is a beautiful tweet. Quote. That is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Roses are red, violets are blue. I have more money than you. <laughs> is that the... Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Thanks. That's going to make people, like, burn up on the inside. Yeah. I'm going to love that. You're going to love that. Yeah, that's going to get some people riled up. It's been weird. Twitter's been more quiet than, than normal. 
I would say. Probably because everyone's filing their taxes. No. Yeah. It doesn't take that long. They're probably just sitting there waiting for the returns to come through. First returns come through on the 15th, right? Maybe. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right because the IRS files back within two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's probably right. Yeah, we got to finish filing this week. But you're saying that it's it's just like quiet? Yeah, but it, I, I don't think it has anything to do with taxes. I think it has to do with the markets. Yeah. And you know what I was thinking about earlier today was back in December I wrote, you know, the market has upside up to 500. And I remember specifically writing the line, I don't think that's possible. But we'll see where where, where we go where yeah. it goes. I was like, I just want to illustrate the point of there's a lot more upside left on it. And it's funny to see now, you know Looking back. Looking back, how right that call is. And then it it it, it hit me again because about a week and a half ago I drew out a cup and handle on QQQ, mm-hmm. and I wrote, 440 is the target on this, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's possible, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what my math showed, mm-hmm. you know, and what some of the, and what some of the algorithms were illustrating for it, and then yesterday, we closed at 430, or we hit a high of I think it was 439.17 on it. And I I went, holy shit. <laughs> the math was right. You know? Within a you know a margin of error. But yeah. Pretty it was incredible. right. Yeah. I was I was like, I, I sort of have this problem where my math is incredibly accurate. <laughs> and and then my brain gets involved, you know? With a litmus, with the litmus test of, do I even think that's possible? And I go, no, it's, I don't. Personally, I don't think that it, that's possible at all. But the math is right. But the math is always math. Normally, always turns out to be right. And I think um, you have to be willing to trust your process. Mm-hmm. And remember that you know, and it's hard because. I think I've used this metaphor before. It's sort of like the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is constantly trying to make policy decisions based on a rear view mirror. You're you're trying to build your confidence based on a rear view mirror. And oftentimes you make a call and you don't know whether it's right until months later. So I didn't know that the 500, you know, SPY 500 call would be correct until months later. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, you don't have the confidence to to talk about it. Well, I mean, like you do have some co- confidence to talk about it, but I mean, like to back it up almost, you know, like yeah, people will go, well, if you know it's going to go to 500, why wouldn't you just slam 500, you know, 500 C's for March or mm-hmm. something like that, right? And, you know, I mean, you just don't, you don't know. And there's a lot of, ver- part of the problem too is like I can... 
uh, well, my mind, my mind wants to justify why I, why that's so illogical to do because, you know, like you don't know what the variables are between writing out the math mm-hmm. because I wrote out the math for it. I figured it out. And then, and even at the time, I think actually it was a little bit above 500 what the math was showing. But anyways, that's besides the point. So the problem is that I write out the 500 and that assumes no variable changes. Right. Right. There could be a catalyst that comes along, such as, you know, the Fed decides to raise rates for whatever reason. Right. There's an emergency raise or I, I don't know. Something changes in the economy or like the economy crashes. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not a guarantee. There's no gar- There's no guarantees that like. That's obviously going to. So you have to play it in increments. Yeah. Of I know this is right. I know the overlying the- what my overlying thesis is, mm-hmm. and I have to incrementally play it with the most promising thing in hand. Yeah. That I think will develop either over the next two weeks or over the next month or over the next two months, but then once you start getting out past a quarter, things start getting really fuzzy mm. in terms of like what can I trust? Yeah. And um. You know, that's that's the problem with like probability is that is that, you know, there is a bit of chaos in it and that variables do change. So you can have a certain level of certainty to things, but then then things start to devolve as as time goes on, just because that's not natural. Things are only so predictable within for for so long. You need the constants to hold true. So you have to play within like that shortened time frame of like vision. Mm-hmm. that you have you know so your math is basically based on for example it's going to be 500 if there's no changes right if there's nothing that and i have no i have no idea and you have no idea of knowing that and i have no idea knowing that and i have no yeah. idea of how fast that timeline can be achieved sometimes i do know how fast that timeline can be achieved based on like symmetries mm-hmm. but oftentimes it's a it's a blind math math experiment mm. and i just sort of am able to piece all the all the data together and, and build out a function and then the function gives me the number and then and then you know you have it and you go Oof, all right well we'll see <laughs> <laughs> seems like a stretch but all right yeah and I, so i think the point of this is is just to like um you know if you have a, a process that's proper and over time you see that that it that it does you know, give you good results, have confidence in it, and use that confidence to to find what you can take advantage of in the near term. Yeah. And um, I think I did, I mean, so it's not that I didn't have confidence in the 500 because really I've I've been long since November or since like late November, right? And I've, I've followed it all the way through. I followed my thesis through. Mm-hmm to spy 500 and now the now the real question is is um you know as as i sit down i go okay well my target was 500 where where do we go from here do i see more pullback do i see um you know uh another rally and i have to redraw the formula i have to this is always the most dangerous time for me because I'm I'm without a roadmap. Mm-hmm. Things can go wrong 
in in the sense of you know if I'm just playing the index, I don't exactly know where where the ship's headed, mm-hmm. and so that's that's where things get tricky. But I mean, it's, and so that's why my plays have really become constrained lately to just Bitcoin because I understand where the ship of Bitcoin is going. It's a very concrete timeline. Mm-hmm. And I've identified what the undervalued pieces are within the Bitcoin play, mm-hmm. such as Clean Spark, where there's almost a three x undervaluation of mm-hmm. of the stock. And get in early. And I I've gotten in early, and I've just wrote it to the top. Literally, just sat back and let it do its thing. Yeah. And that's beautiful, mm-hmm. you know. Or I'm doing, or I, I'm I'm basically the cheat code on ERs and just fucking you know hammering anything that any er that that interests me i'm just mm-hmm. hammering it yeah um which has been which has been fantastic it's been fun it's been fun it's been a lot of fun yeah do you think you're burnt out right now no 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 I, i'm not burnt out i i would say I, w- I want to write, but markets are very boring. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. There isn't a lot of new predictions I can bring to the table mm. that I think seriously change things. Yeah. And the problem is, is that I don't want to release a daily that just says what my overnight positions are and go, okay, well, we'll come back in the morning. But the nice thing about it is, is and this is the truth of it, is that longing is easy. If you're in the right positions, it should just be you're managing your risk every day. You manage down positions, you roll positions out. Like mm-hmm. you you just tend you tend to to your position as as if you're gardening, right? And then you watch it faithfully and, and just make sure that your thesis is still intact each day. Mm-hmm. And um I mean Honestly, you make way more money when you're longing than when you're shorting because the the environment's far more stable and and less unpredictable. Yeah. Um there's some more concerning things out there in the in the wider market such as, you know, VIX is finally over 14, but really I just re- I view that as more as a short-term spike that I believe will fall back down the volatility index VIX. Um I don't I so what's interesting too is if you zoom out on spy right here it, it's almost a perfect pivot point. I think I pointed it out right away in the morning. Mm. I went this is exactly the same dip that we had like one and a half weeks ago. Yeah. And I even noticed that there was almost I think I wrote 50 million in the chat. This is why I don't do math quickly. <laughs> because I think the actual total comes closer to like 25 to 30 million. Mm. But, you know, I just saw it run and I just quickly tried to add it as I, as it was running mm-hmm. on the sweep because it was, it was time sensitive. Yeah. Um, and so Microsoft had about $30 million in call, in the money calls today. And then my little, you know, funny little brain <laughs> went, wait a second, we've seen this shit before, mm-hmm. you know? Recognize the I've pattern. lived I've lived this before. Yeah. It's sort of a deja vu, yeah. And I I realized that uh, 
one and a half weeks ago, they did the same thing mm-hmm. with Microsoft on that dip. And I remember writing at the time, I think this is a double bottom. And now I realize it's within a regression channel. It's it's heading higher and it it tips the top of the regression and then and then it drop it it pretty violently drops to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then from the bottom it, it typically builds again over one and a half weeks. That's what we've seen the last three times. Yeah. And so there's probably one more run higher, at least for what we know right now based on everything. And you would start to see the market turn on Thursday. Might be some bottoming tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then Thursday, you'll see it start to run back. Mm -hmm. So that'll be interesting to see if we see that follow through. I don't... Same pattern. Same pattern. I don't exactly know. So this is the other problem. Once you start getting to new levels higher things start getting very abstract in the way that you can calculate where does it go? Because uh, you stop... Which is new highs. N- the new highs, right? Because um, it, so you don't have historical basis to go off of. You do have some historical basis of you can look at how are new highs formed and how to in like how you can you can do some like sort of reverse engineering the problem is is that the market's changed so much over the past five years it's almost completely indistinguishable from like a decade ago Mm -hmm. um which is is good and bad bad in the sense that i can't use fucking historical data really to to predict new trends Mm -hmm. good in the sense of i think that this is a way more dynamic market and a way more resilient market and a way better leveraged market that it's far easier to make more money in this market than it ever was yeah um as long as you get in early enough as long as you get in early enough and use the right positioning and and tactics and all that stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um yeah so it gets fuzzy trying to calculate new highs and um you can try to use some technical patterns. You can use fibs. You can use like fib extensions. You can use. Um, you can you can map regressions and and forward project the regressions. You can uh, look at how each like each wave. I'm not talking about like wave theory. I'm just talking about within a regression. Obviously, there's there's a there's a wave that that occurs you can see how how much higher each wave forms mm-hmm. and sort of predict from there what the next new high would be yeah on it there's a whole bunch of different methods you could do i mean you can you can look at the fucking moon and just you know decide <laughs> <laughs> it's going to run for another week and a half i'll just stay i'll just stay long for another week and a half and then uh, I'll cut it there, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it's it's sort of like autopilot mode, though, and it's a good thing because like your life shouldn't be this. I've talked about this before on on the podcast. I'm angry when when it's time to short. Because it means I have to stay up like almost 24 hours a day because 
everything all of a sudden fucking matters when nothing mattered. Yeah. A month ago. Yeah. Every every ounce of ma- macro data has all of a sudden become the ultimate thing. I'm no longer on the nine to five East Coast time news cycle. Now all of a sudden, it fucking matters what she said in in China. Mm-hmm. You know, it it matters what was the monetary policy instituted by the communists. You know, over the last night, did they ease? You know, or what what happened? Mm-hmm. Because that has an effect, and then it affects the DAX, and then the DAX affects you know the FTSE, and then the FTSE affects uh, the NYSE. Right. And it it just like snowballs. It snowballs. And you have to be ready by nine AM or at nine thirty. Fully caught up. Know what the plays are. Know what each of the charts are telling you. And and there's all this data swarm you know, swimming in your head. So I mean, yeah, I get a little bit fucking angry when Moral of the story is you don't like shorting. I don't like you shorting. You do it, but you don't like it. I, I'm excellent at shorting, but that's and that's just because I know what it takes. Mm-hmm. I don't like shorting, though. I hate it. I would much prefer to long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's a long rant. So we're in long season right now. We're in long season right now, and I don't mind it. And I, I'm happy. The more funds I talk to, the more, the more other, you know, voices I'm hearing, they're all very happy to be longing right now. They're and they don't see the headwinds. They still see us in a disinflationary environment, which is important. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to stay in. I mean, you know, pushing the rate cuts back at first it was probably a bit bearish. But it's probably going to become more bullish as, as long as we can maintain this disinflationary environment and as long as the economy can stay strong, which positively influences liquidity. Mm-hmm. So as long as liquidity can stay high with rates still at this high, you know, the, there isn't too much that really stops us from rallying because of disinflation. And it, it's a serious mistake in trading to be bearish while you are still in a disinflationary environment. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much that. And I think I, I just covered why everything, why (laughs) (laughs) no one should have any more questions (laughs) ever. About anything in the disinflationary environment or why my writing is so boring lately because markets are boring, but they're supposed to be boring right now. So when you're, when they're in like the short era or season, yeah, it's more interesting because there's a lot more going on in that play. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of, I don't like to classify bulls and bears, but bears short sides like um why i think a lot of bears fall in love with short season or like people that were more neutral then become perma bears Mm -hmm. because there is a very strategic chess match that is going on when when it's time to short the markets Mm -hmm. 
and you have to be, and it requires a lot of brain power. It requires you to be smart. You, you have to be far more smart in a short environment than in a long environment. And the smart people really do succeed in it. But, you know, a short environment typically just lasts two or three months. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that, you know, I don't know, short sides don't last in markets and it's not I you mean, said you don't make as much in a short market you don't make as much in the short market and and there's a puts have a cap because there's an a finite limit i've explained this before there's a finite limit to puts yeah there's an infinite limit to calls mm. so you make more money on calls yeah because of the possibility mm-hmm. there's a there's a capped limit of possibility on puts there's no capped possibility on on calls yeah yeah so you reach the cap and then it's over right i mean the most you can you can get out of a put out of a short is the stock goes to zero Mm -hmm. and even then that never happens really yeah i mean it does happen like stocks get delisted but Typically, what you're shorting it, it just you're not gonna you're not in that play to zero. Mm-hmm. That's not your goal, and that's normally not your time frame. But on calls, I mean, yeah, I mean they can go to infinity. There is no there is no upside limit to how far a stock can run. I mean, obviously there are there is some logical common sense limits that that yeah. start to occur, but. From a mathematic principle perspective, and that, and when you're calculating the pos- potential profit, and why profit is often much higher is because the possibility of profit is higher. It's higher, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's better to long. I mean, it's better to be along. It's better to think long. Um, and then it's better to make sure that like you're you're in long term assets too. I mean, you know, you should use shorting as a, as a defensive mechanism, not as a, that's my whole game, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really just something that you can have a specialty in. And then occasionally, you know, then you have, there's times where, yeah, there are, there are long full blitz markets where you need to be short for years. Um, but we're past that time now, at least for now, we're past that time. Mm-hmm. Much far past that time. We've been past that time since, I want to say, the end of 2022. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I called it, I called it an end. And I think it was end of November 2022. I said, I said, I'm done. I'm done shorting, you know, went long. There, there was a good solid three months of shorting. That required last year. And I mean, even I admit I, I just stayed too short into November there. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, we're back to longing again. Mm-hmm. There's not much to it. Yeah. You know, because the Goldilocks scenario played out in the end. Yeah. And that's that. Are there any signs that it's going to go from like a long to a short market that you like look for? Yeah. 
the Fed actually starting to cut rates is the signal. And that's all I'm looking for. Mm. Is so we've been we were in an inflationary market. Now we're in a disinflationary market. I'm looking for disinflation to go to deflation instead of DIS inflation. Mm-hmm. Deflation, D E. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh and what that means is uh we've tipped the scales again. The markets are unstable with liquidity. Yeah. They've become illiquid again. Mm-hmm. And there's much more drawdowns because there's a much more higher focus on on fundamentals versus liquidity. Mm-hmm. And so uh it's always after the first rate cuts. That's when you re-enter that bearish market, a uh, short market, yeah. right? And it doesn't actually last for very long. It it some say until the last rate cut. This time it it really might be different. It will depend on supply. It's going to be very supply dependent. Um, but. You know, we'll see how fast, you know, the Fed cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've talked about this in prior podcasts that a lot of the problem is, is that a lot of the historical basis we have to go off of, of the Fed cutting is typically based around economic crisis. This time, we don't really have an economic crisis that that the Fed might be cutting under. Right. Um. We we do know about real rates, which I've written pretty extensively about at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like recovering because that would probably be a, a whole another two hours of, of a podcast about you know what's a real rate and yeah how do you figure out what the real rate is and what do you think the Fed's real rate is and I'll just say the short answer is the current real rate is somewhere between three point two five and three point seven five. Mm-hmm. We know that for certain. It's likely smack dab in the middle at three five. Core inflation is slightly above that. Um, so there's an issue. They need to they need to tighten financial conditions so that the real rate slightly edges higher and core inflation edges lower. Mm-hmm. Because the rule of thumb is that uh the federal funds rate must be real in in real terms higher than the inflation rate mm-hmm. in order for inflation to continue down mm. it's possible that the real rate was higher at, at a certain point in time prior to october 2023 when i started actually dialing in what what the real rate probably was yeah but um, for all intents and purposes, we know for now it's it's probably about three five, and that's what the the Fed's waiting on. And there's a bit of a problem because core inflation has pretty much gone stagnant, mm-hmm. gone very flat. Yeah, it's not coming back down in the way that the Fed's hoping, which means then they have to hold rates for longer. Right higher and they sort of messed up in a way too i would i would argue because they made financial conditions very loose 
they they institute a lot of uh, quantitative easing in the background. Mm -hmm. And so now, you know, there might be some bumpiness. Honestly, I, I see the markets more likely chopping throughout the year. I don't see it necessarily being a short market mm -hmm. or a long market. But more likely, I, I think because of policy, I don't want to say mess ups, but because of like, they didn't, they didn't, they've been playing around with it. How tightly do they grip financial conditions? And because they, they kind of loosened it at the end there, because I think they, they kind of felt that core inflation was going to come down and they probably jumped the gun a bit that now there's some blundering flip-flopping and they're going to have to tighten again. Markets will probably contract slightly, but I don't think we're going to see a drawdown down to like 410 in the same way that we saw, um, you know, into, into November. Yeah. I, I thought that the Fed knew what they were doing, what, that they were going to finish strong with, with the end of the year. But um, they pulled off the gas. Yeah. And that, the, that's probably a policy mistake in the end. Same with uh, pulling off the gas on the QRA. I would say I would say that they they declared victory too early. Mm -hmm. So here we are, two months later after me saying, "Yeah, I guess the Fed actually did a pretty good job." Now I'm saying, "No, they fucked it up." <laughs> so Powell just have to live with himself. Yeah. Yeah, so that's you think it. it was, you think it was bad? What what the Fed did? Yeah. No, because I don't... I would say objectively it's bad. I wouldn't say it's bad. I would say it's a blunder. Mm. But I, I would say, you know, shooting a perfect game. At, the, at this point, they've pretty much shot a perfect game. Yeah. Basically blindfolded, making decisions based on how a rear view mirror work, looks. Yeah. You know? Um. And probably based off of a lot of incorrect data that they were provided to. Right. They seem to have somehow navigated every impossibility into an okay economy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from my perspective, that's pretty amazing. But... um at the end of the day, it doesn't really fucking matter. I'm so good to criticize them. That <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it. At the end of the day, you can still call a spade a spade, and that you know the economy wasn't fixed perfectly. It's right. not it, the job's not done. Yeah, is I I guess what I'm trying to say. The job's not done yet. You think they set it up? They ended it. For it to be a, a tougher. Now they're so, now they're having to come back around and be tougher. Right. When they when they should have been tougher into the end of the year. Right. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I don't I don't know what they were thinking, when they did that, you know. They weren't. Because it's going to be way harder to regrip it. 
and get financial conditions back to that tightening level. Now. Now, mm-hmm. then, you know, where they were in November. Yeah. If they had held it tighter in November, they had a, they had a way better chance. But, you know, I'm not a policymaker. I'm just a fucking trader. So we'll, we'll just trade it. Yeah. However it goes. Yeah. Well, it's Valentine's Day. Or it's going to be Valentine's tomorrow. Day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, feel free to <laughs> shower me with some uh, Valentine's Day. You're not putting me Day. on the spot on the podcast. It's not happening. <laughs> you know I love you. And you know I think you're incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for you to post what I got you on Twitter tomorrow. You're posting. No. I'm excited for you to post what I got you for Valentine's got Day. Got it. Tomorrow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> I'm excited to see what it is. Don't think it's like anything crazy. Okay. But I think your your Twitter will like it. You know what's so funny is I realized yesterday that you've been stockpiling all of my presents in my office. <laughs> the last place I would have looked. Yep. Just like hiding in the corner. Because for some fucking reason in my office, I'm I'm so goddamn blind. I'm just like, I'm pacing the office all day long, but my mind is so focused on everything Work. going on yeah. that I, I don't even realize that <laughs> <laughs> there's literally a pile of packages in this like corner of my office. <laughs> I couldn't make it any more obvious. I was looking everywhere else. They were right in front of me the whole time. Mm-hmm. You didn't even hide them. You... <laughs> <laughs> nope. You left them out. Put them in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit brilliant. It is. Just to mess with you a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well done. Thanks. This year I didn't find them early, so. No. Normally I scour. I think. I think. Because I've cheated and let you open a few early. Yeah. Because I get excited. But I think the one that, one of the ones that you're opening tomorrow, you're just going to, your wizard heart is going to melt. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) You're like responding to these like a little fucking button, like box button thing. You know what I'm talking about? No. Like, that was easy. Like you press a button and it's like clap, 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 clap. <laughs> or you press a button, boo. Yeah. That's how you're responding. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish I had gotten you something for Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. You didn't give me anything. I didn't. Yeah. That's bullshit. 
How do you know? Uh, the shopping sprees that we've been going on. Sure. That's how I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The watch. Right. The purse, the wallet. Yeah. Nothing for Valentine's Day, though. No, that was for other things. Four sets of flowers. <laughs> That's not for Valentine's Day. I love you very much, so. I love you, too. Yeah. But I know you love me on every day other than Valentine's Day. Right. Yeah. I'm just, I'm terrible at keeping secrets. Yeah, you are. I basically end up just spelling out everything that I'm What pla- size wrist planning. are you? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm not a very good secret keeper, but I've never been. I I normally just keep it all out in the open. I just I appear like an open person and then you don't know exactly what what it is. What's hiding. Yeah. Because where I took you today, you didn't even realize that I had talked to them and You're you thought I hated that place. Yeah. And then I, I pulled one on you. <laughs> Boom. Surprise. Boom. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you played me today. Yeah. Or not played, but you... you, you I told you, you go get in the car. We're, we're going to go look at... <laughs> we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. And then, and then midway, I, I went... Oh, we're not actually going there. <laughs> Now you're in the car. Stay yeah. with me. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, where are we at for the podcast? We're at 42 minutes. I think we're. You didn't let me guess. Oh, what? The time. Okay. I was going to say 43 minutes. You <laughs> said 42. No, I can't guess now. You just said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your brain's broken. It's getting late. Yeah. And I don't have to stay up anymore because I'm not fucking shorting the markets. Yeah. So it's way past your bedtime. Yeah. But hey, two podcasts, two weeks in a row. We did it. I know. We're we're on a hot streak right now. Yeah, we are. We're doing good. We got to keep going. Yeah. This is fun. Okay, good. I, I was afraid. I paused there for a second because I thought you were about to promise another podcast this week i was like i don't even know if i have enough to talk about no or, not this week but definitely on the streak of tuesday nights yeah yeah we're doing good yeah we're sticking to it so far our schedules have really quieted down which is mm-hmm. it's been nice mm-hmm. so all right well we'll wrap it up here then this was the wiz merlin pod oh, wait no the wiz merlin uncensored podcast there you go i don't need i i've done this so inconsistently that i i can't even remember that sometimes i just refer to it as the whiz pod yeah anyways guys thank you very much for supporting us thank you for supporting the Substack. you know i'm coming up on one year of writing this has been uh tremendous all the support that we've received it's been beautiful to build such a lovely community i i love interacting with you guys every day interacting in the chat um, and, and knowing that you guys enjoy my reading and, and enjoy these podcasts and stuff, we have a lot of fun doing it. So, you know, just from the bottom of my own heart, 
thank you for supporting us. Um, and you know, I, I look forward to another year of bringing you guys great content. So we'll leave it at that. I love you very much, Gwen. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you too. Happy Valentine's Day, y'all. And happy Valentine's Day to the tribe. <laughs> <laughs>